At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hi, everybody, and welcome into the Pro Football Blitz. It's week 12 in the National Football League. As we welcome you in, I'm Ben Wilson filling in for the former Super Contest champion, Brady Cannon. I am, though, joined, as we always are on this show, by James Salinas, our other former Super Contest champ in Denver, Colorado, here to recap a wild, wacky week 12 in the NFL. Also get you set for Sunday Night Football, ready to kick off in a little under 20 minutes. We'll preview Monday Night Football as well. We've got Greg Bell in the Seattle market joining us here in about 15 minutes. As we react to every game, we'll give you a Circa Consensus update from the Millions Contest, as well as Survivor updates and everything. Uh, James, mixed bag for both of us today. Uh, at least you know, we, we, got some, we had some winners. We're going to tell you how we won and, and why our, our handicap was correct. There were also some bad picks uh, by both of us. Uh, I was way off on a couple, James, but uh, here we are. We survived. At least, you know, we're intact. And we go into Sunday Night Football with a really interesting line move, which is where I want to start off with you. Behind me here at the Circa Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, Baltimore Ravens down to two and a half uh, as we get ready for Sunday Night Football. Still threes now, most of the market, but in what's been already a crazy week in the NFL, James, what do you expect as we get into Sunday night here in about 15 minutes with so much late money coming in on Cleveland? 
Well, let's look at the inactive report, and really it, it centers around the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cleveland Browns. Browns really don't have anybody that, to not be expected on this injury report or the inactive report, I should say, but looking at the Ravens, a couple of key players in particular, Jimmy Smith at the cornerback position. We talked about this before. They're, cor- they're really ba- This team's banged up at uh, basically every unit on this, on, this, on this roster, but looking at the cornerback position, Jimmy Smith, probably their best corner that's still remaining that's healthy, not going to be playing tonight. Neither is Calais Campbell. Now, Calais Campbell, I mean, that that dude, you want to try to, you don't, you're not going to mix it up with him. You don't want to mix it up with him in, in the trenches. That's where he is. And a big fella, hard to move, tall guy, puts his hands up, combat passes down. I mean, just such a load on the interior. He is also not going to be active due to a concussion tonight. So a couple key injuries on that side for the Ravens. We've already we've been speaking. I feel like every week we talk about the Ravens. That's the first thing we got to talk about is their, is their injury report and their list of all the folks that are inactive and on injured reserve. And it's really the longest list out there in the National Football League. So it's a very shorthanded team here now coming in. Big divisional game. Thinking about the Browns here, Ben, you know how the Browns want to play, and they are finally healthy. They're finally healthy across the offensive line. Jack Conklin will be back in uniform tonight at the right tackle position. He's key for that running game, as well as Kareem Hunt. He'll be back. He's missed a number of weeks. He was on injured reserve. He will be back as the one-two punch. He, with along with Nick Chubb, running the football. We know what we're going to see out of Cleveland. It's going to be line up, and let's get after it right in the trenches. Not having Calais Campbell, in my mind, is a really big loss for the Ravens at this point. And you think about, too, you mentioning, uh, James, some of the defensive issues now with, with those inactive lists coming out. On the Baltimore side, it has also resulted in some late over money coming up. This thing was at 47 most of the day. I'm seeing uh, 47 and a half now start to pop, uh, both behind me here at Circa, as well as our other uh, studio in the Nevada market at the South Point. Still some 47s if you still want to get in on a, on a late over. I guess at the same time, James, we talk about all the issues on the Baltimore side, and you and I, we mentioned yesterday on this show, previewing this late, we both liked Cleveland at, a, at an inflated price. They were as high as four and a half earlier in the week, plus three and a half when the contest closed. You and I both have them as a contest entry to close out our week 12 slates here. Uh, the question is, though, even you know, if you're just sitting here in a vacuum, you're, you're just tuning into the show for the first time for our, for our viewers coming in, and you don't have a play on this game, Knowing where the line was, and, and I know you talk all the time about when you miss the best of the number, a lot of times you're just going to want to sit back and wait in-game. Is that the strategy you're taking here since you have missed it and now you're down onto a key number here at the three? Especially here when you're thinking about you're off when you're sitting at three. So I've got him in the second leg of a teaser at nine and a half. Or it's also the contest play for me, and that's really where my focus is: is trying to stay alive in this contest for the quarterly contest. If I can pull this pull this one out here, that'll put me at twelve and three for the first three weeks of the Circa Millions quarterly contest, and maybe in contention. Made a run at it a couple years ago, sitting at twelve and three going into that fourth week. So that's where my focus is: is sitting on the Browns plus the three and a half, sitting here at three. And now I see the juice moving in favor of the Browns. The total sitting pretty steady at 47. Yeah, thinking about the way both these teams want to play football, they both want to establish the they both want to establish the line of scrimmage rushing the football. Obviously, for both sides, that's going to grind some clock. Which ones can do it? And especially on the Browns side, they're going to need to. Baker Mayfield playing through basically the entire season with a litany of injuries. He's had that torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder since week two. Been dealing with the knee bruise as well as a, a heel heel injury as well. So walking wounded is Baker Mayfield out there, and it's really impacted his ability to be accurate on his throws. So they're going to really need some third and shorts to limit the amount of throws that Baker Mayfield is going to have to push down the field 
for any type of accuracy. If I was going to play, I'm not going to get involved here just knowing my position of where I'm at with both the teaser as well as needing this as a contest play. Be looking at this total sitting at 47 and yeah, so it's so hard looking at unders in the NFL and trying to go under these numbers when we see so many crazy, wacky plays. But here, just thinking about the way these teams are constructed, they both want to run the football and establish that as big part of their offensive game plan. That does grind the clock. And I think here with these two teams, that's the way I'd be leaning. I'd be looking at that total sitting at 47 play in the under. And, and I'll look at the other, the other side of this too. Uh, James, you think about how poor Baltimore has been out of the gates. And it's, it's not just been – with Lamar Jackson, without Lamar Jackson. We know we're going to get a Lamar Jackson off a week where he missed the game in Chicago due to the illness he suffered. But in the last four weeks, three with Lamar, one without him with Tyler Huntley getting the start last week, in the first three quarters of games, James, 43 combined points for Baltimore leads me to think that if, if you were on the side of wanting to look over, it at least behooves you, based on what we've seen with Baltimore, hold out for a, a lower price and look to go in-game over on this spot because I'm with you. It's for the full game, you think about how Cleveland will, and I mean, it, this is sort of reflected too, and while so much money is coming in on the Cleveland side, Baker Mayfield, his passing prop is still in the, the low 200s. I, I, I just saw it at DraftKings a moment ago at around 219.5. Not like the odds makers really expect Baker Mayfield to be throwing the ball on Baltimore. It's expected to be kind of a vintage Cleveland performance, controlling the ball on the ground with both running backs back healthy this week with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So you think to that end, James, it does, I think, really really profile for an undertype game, and especially with some of this late money coming to the over. If you, if you do believe, if you believe in Jackson getting on the right track coming back, I think the only way you play this is in-game to the over if that's the way you're leaning. Otherwise, if, if you're kind of on our, our side here, James, I think the play pregame would be the under just because with what we've seen, it just it, these have been two teams, especially as I mentioned with Baltimore, who have been, been getting off to incredibly slow starts. I, I just wonder at what point is it a, is it going to be a buy low here for Baltimore? I mean, it's now down to two and a half at South Point, uh, j- just uh, across town here, James. And as we've discussed, the AFC North has been so difficult to handicap. You and I both love Pittsburgh. That's a game we're going to get into later, and we could not have been more wrong uh, on that handicap as they get blasted forty-one to ten. So uh, there is there is a sense here that these AFC North games. I mean, you're you're understanding that it could be a total coin flip, and I wonder uh, at at this late uh, price now. I mean. Here we are. You know, Ravens are down to two and a half. Not that I'm going to play it since, as we talked about, already invested, but uh, I'm going to be looking potentially here for uh, maybe an in-game over as we get in, uh, possibly, let's say, into the late second, you know, second quarter stages. Because I'm kind of anticipating here a slow start for both of these teams. I think we will eventually see some points. Don't think we're going to get to, to the 47 and a half here, but that's what I'd be looking at if I could get uh, something in the low low 40s, maybe upper 30s. Uh, that might, might, might be a spot I'd be looking at here, at least in this one uh, tonight. Well, especially if both whichever team starts to establish that running game, and that's going to be key for both teams to get going early. I think especially on the Cleveland Browns size, because knowing that their quarterback Baker Mayfield, this is not he doesn't have the same responsibility that Jackson has on the other side for Baltimore. He he's the be all do all. He's got to make the plays not only with his arm but also with his feet. Not so much for Baker Mayfield. It's just a matter of we're going to get ahead of the sticks for you because of our running game. Now we'll get you in some of those boots and naked, some play-action passes for you to make some easier throws just to move the sticks and control the clock and control the tempo of the game. So I think here, yeah, 
especially for Cleveland. They're going to need to establish that running game. This is the first time they've been fully healthy for weeks, probably over a month now, With, with especially with Hunt being right. able to come back and spell Chubb, uh, and now with Conklin back on the right uh, at the right tackle position. So I think that's where we can look at in-game because if once that once either team, both teams can start to establish a run, we'll start to see some bigger plays later in the game down the field, but more so, I think, on the Ravens side as opposed to the as opposed to the Browns just because of the health right now of Baker Mayfield. You know what is so amazing too, James? We we look at what all has happened today, and we'll certainly, like I talked about, we're going to get into every game, our takeaways, how it happened, and and the, and the breakdown from the betting perspective here. But as we start Sunday Night Football, which again kicks off in about 10 minutes, the number one seed in the AFC as of right now, 8.09 p.m. on the East Coast, James, the Baltimore Ravens, who are 7-3. After all that, Baltimore is currently your number one seed in the AFC. New England moving up to the two-seed Tennessee dropping to the three seed today, both at eight and four. You have Kansas City at seven and four. Cincinnati, the five seed, also at seven and four, with Buffalo, the six now at seven and four. And the LA Chargers are at six and five currently with that after that loss to Denver today in the seven seed over with a tiebreak over Cleveland. So Cleveland is at six and five. They could move into the playoff picture. It would it would only seem fair and make sense, James, if once a team ascends into that number one spot in the AFC, based on what we've seen, and this is the not at all scientific handicap here, it would make sense that as soon as Baltimore gets into that position, they immediately uh, get knocked off the pedestal and, and come down as we would then see New England at the end of the night be the number one seed if Cleveland is actually able to go into Baltimore and get the win. And thinking about how New England has played, of all the teams across the National Football League, it seems like this is the team that it makes the least amount of mistakes. And I think that's why they're winning football games. They're not putting the ball on the ground. They're not throwing the football to their to their opponent. They're creating turnovers. They're not committing penalties week in and week out, especially really the last, what, six games in a row now for the New England Patriots. It's attention to detail. Bill Belichick at his finest shooting for coach of the year. I think right now between he and Kingsbury there in Arizona, those are the two front runners for coach of the year at this point. I think you, you, it's hard to disagree with you on that. Um, not as much shakeup on the NFC side. We'll tell you as the show goes on, though, what the NFC playoff picture currently sits at. Uh, there is one team currently in the NFC playoffs who is under 500, which kind of explains the NFC uh, in a nutshell so far this year. And speaking of the NFC, we are going to preview the Monday night game when we return. Greg Bell, who covers the Seattle Seahawks, will join us as we are just getting started. Pro Football Blitz with you until 8 o'clock on the West Coast. 11 o'clock on the East Coast. We'll also follow Sunday Night Football as it gets rolling and take you through every game in the NFL slate. That's coming up next here on the Pro Football Blitz. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years 
and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz on a Sunday night from both Denver, Colorado, where I'm joined by James Salinas, former Super Contest champion Ben Wilson, with you from downtown Las Vegas in our Circus Sportsbook Studios. Pulling in for Brady Cannon, he'll be back with us next week as we get set Sunday night football starting. In just moments with some of the late line movement, we give you the latest moves here. It is three basically now market-wide. There have been a couple two-and-a-halves flashing with a lot of late money coming in throughout the day today on the Cleveland Browns. But Baltimore looks like they are going to close a three-point favorite. Total being bet up as high as 48 now in a couple spots in the market. Still some 47s and 47s-and-a-halves out there right now. We're going to get back to this game. We will we'll give you the in-game updates as it gets underway. But we also want to get to the, the Monday night contest before we go back and look back at every single game we saw on the Week 12 card. And to help us do that, we'll bring in our guy from Seattle, Greg Bell, who writes for the Tacoma News Tribune. So kind of give us uh, a few minutes. Greg, it is hard to believe we were just going through the AFC playoff picture, how that is updated after the results today in Week 12. You look at the NFC playoff picture, who would have thought that going into Monday night's game, the Seattle Seahawks, they will be your 15th-ranked team out of 16, out of only the Detroit Lions, as bizarre as that is to seem. However, Seahawks, who opened as about a three-point favorite this week before the line totally flipped to Washington, have gotten a little buyback in the market, at least today. And this is always the, the last day where we get the practice reports going into Monday Night Football. What can you tell us about the, the latest coming out of Seattle, just from an injury standpoint as we get ready uh, for Monday night, as they have gone back to a pick here in some shops? Well, yeah, that speaks somewhat to the mediocrity of much of the NFC, right? The Seahawks are going to be out there without their starting left guard. Damian Lewis is out. He's injured, uh, dislocated elbow in the last week's game against Arizona. 
probably Kyle Fuller, who was benched as a starting center after seven games, is going to go in at left guard. That's what he was the previous couple of years, a backup guard. Rashad Penny, the number two running back, he's going to be out and maybe headed to injured reserve with a strained hamstring he got after an 18-yard run on the very first play of the game last week. He just can't stay healthy. Alex Collins is banged up, but will be the first running back tomorrow. Expect to see more DJ Dallas in the running game. He had a couple of decisive runs, including for a touchdown last week. They really haven't used him much since Chris Carson went on injured reserve. It's mostly been Alex Collins, who's been banged up. But no Carson, banged up Collins, no Penny. Should be DJ Dallas, more at running back, getting some more touches tomorrow. Their starting cornerback, Seattle's Trey Brown, the rookie corners out, season-ending surgery on the injured reserve. Sidney Jones, former Eagles, like uh, Jaguar starter, is going to start at cornerback. So there's some holes there. Russell Wilson is a week better, though, than he's been the last two weeks. His long throws, guys, look better than it did last week. Then in that first game back in Green Bay, I saw it from the press box that night. It was, the long balls were just floating and drifting and wobbling. And he's a renowned deep ball thrower. He's going to be better, you would think. He can't get much worse than he's really been the last two weeks for his standard. Greg, so thinking about them where they're at at the physical standpoint, let's switch to the mental makeup right now of the Seattle Seahawks team, especially coming off last week's loss, disappointing loss against Colt McCoy, backup, a number of backups coming in for the Arizona Cardinals who really just were able to handle Seattle on both sides of the line of scrimmage in that game, losing 23-13. to Where's the mentality of this team right now having to go on the road? They're sitting now at the bottom of the division in the NFC West standing, sitting at 3-7. and seven. Is this team still fighting? Is it just the competitive spirit of some of the players that were still on from those Super Bowl teams in the past that can lead this team to say, hey, from week in and week out, we're just playing. We're, com- we're coming to compete. We're playing for professional pride. Where do you see this team mentally going into this game against Washington? Well, because the NFC is just so mediocre right now, five and five, six and five now with San Francisco winning today is the sixth seed. And then five and six is the, the seventh seed. So they win tomorrow. They're four and seven. They're only game out. So it's more than lip service to say that they're still got something to play for. The only two guys left from those Super Bowl teams now are Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. And they both talked this week about going seven and oh and running the table the rest of the season. This team's been so bad in so many ways. They just need to win a game and get back to 500 before we're worried about any of that. But having said all that, if they win tomorrow, a place they won last year, they've been better, a better road team than they have a home team certainly this year and really most of the last two seasons, they win tomorrow. They're a game out of a playoff spot. So they still have a lot to play for, which is pretty much sounds ridiculous from the team I've seen play this first two and a half months. But that's where the NFC has put them. And every time, every week, they've been getting breaks of teams losing. The Saints, for instance, losing, coming down to them. Minnesota loses again, coming back down to them. The, the bottom of the playoff picture has really broken Seattle's way, even as they haven't won games. So it's, it's one thing to say, well, we're going to play because we're professionals, but they are playing for their playoff spots. They, they, still, they are still in the hunt if they win tomorrow. It is, it is such a crazy statement to make, but it is so true, uh, Greg. Again, follow him at uh, G Bell Seattle, and I think Fox, I mean, they showed the graphic today just of the playoff picture as a whole, and still in the hunt, it was all but two teams. I, I, don't, I don't think, I think, and I think Seattle might have even made uh, just, you know, as a courtesy to uh, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, Seattle might have even made it a courtesy there at three and seven. Minnesota right now, your current seventh seed as we sit right now at five and six with the tiebreak over 
five and six Atlanta and five and six New Orleans. You just think though, Greg, at, at a certain point, you wonder where the point of no return is on on a team that has looked poorly coached. We saw how Cliff Kingsbury coached circles around Pete Carroll's, Carroll last week with a backup quarterback in Colt McCoy in Seattle, and how Russell Wilson has clearly not been himself. How much of that is due to uh, injury? How much of that is wanting out of uh, of the team? That's what is really you know, kind of hard to quantify, and and what goes so much into this handicap. With you being around the team base, you know, being all year and, and being a beat writer f- and and really covering the Seahawks team closely, you've seen the ins and outs of this Russell Wilson Pete Carroll relationship. How fractured, if at all fractured, do you think it is right now from what you've seen in the first 11 weeks here? You know, the off-season drama was manufactured largely by his camp toward the contract negotiations when his contract ends in 2023. The Seahawks weren't going to trade him. They're not going to trade him. They don't want to trade him. So for now, Wilson says all the right things. He loves it here. He wants to stay here. Pete Carroll said their relationship has never been better. Guess, guys, is nothing that winning wouldn't solve. When you're not winning, about seven of ten games, everything's a problem. And he missed the first three games of his career after ten years of not being injured. Seattle has just cheated fate for a decade. He would their starting quarterback would not get hurt and hadn't missed a game 165 starts in a row. And then you lose your franchise quarterback and you lose your top running back that your offense is supposed to be predicated on. You're going to lose. <laughs> the history. I went back to 2000. 15 of teams that have lost franchise quarterbacks in season injuries for at least three games. Those teams have won 33% of the time after those injuries to those quarterbacks. And that's exactly what Seattle did when Russell Wilson missed three games. They went one and two. Their only win was against Jacksonville. That's still their only win since the first week of October. And you're going to lose games and be where they are when you lose your franchise quarterback for a month. So that's what the, the flip side of that is. Okay, now he's back but he hasn't looked and thrown like himself. He doesn't have a running game. He doesn't have an offensive line that can protect him constantly. His defense is very sporadic. At times looking like they can hold him in the games, like three points in Green Bay and a 3 nothing game in the fourth quarter two weeks ago, and at other times just not able to get off the field on third downs. Third down has been a problem on both offense and defense for this team, converting and stopping all season long. They really can bank that Russell Wilson won't be any worse than he's been the last two weeks. And if he's even better at all, they think they can win games to get back in the hunt here. This offseason, the drama they Wilson's camp and his agent put up last offseason, that might look like nothing compared to what happened this season if they don't make the playoffs. <laughs> There'll be all kinds of innuendos and rumors flying around. The bottom line is Jody Allen, the team's chair, took the from Paul Allen after he died a few years ago and Pete Carroll don't want to start over with a new quarterback. He's still under franchise. He's still under contract in two more seasons after this one. And they just gave Pete Carroll an extension through 2025. He'll be here as long as he wants to be here. He wants Russell Wilson to stay at least through the end of his contract. But now all this other leveraging and losing, and uh, it's going to take another Herculean monetary effort to keep him in Seattle. Greg, so all that said, sounds very pessimistic rolling into this game for the Seahawks going into Washington. But Washington's been another weird team to try to figure out all season long in the the NFC. Paint a picture for us. How does Seattle, can Seattle go in there and win their short underdog here as a one-point underdog? Can they go on and win? Can you paint a picture for us for Russell Wilson, Seattle, that offense, that defense, be able to put it all together and get a win on Monday night? Yeah, I can because they're really going to get help with Montez Sweat and Chase Young not playing. And those guys were a problem for them last year. 
in Landover when they played in December. They're a problem for most teams in the NFL, of course. And that is Seattle's big issue is pass protection. And if they don't have Sweat and Young off the edges, that's really going to help Seattle. The Seahawks have to run. They have to run not just to gain yards on the run. It's not because Pete Carroll wants to play leather helmet football. It's because their offensive line demands that the defenses have to play them honestly. You get a defensive line that tees off on Russell Wilson and doesn't have to respect the run, and Wilson's done. He's not going to produce consistently. He's not going to have time to throw. He's going to be ducking and getting hit. But if this offensive line has a run game that keeps the defense honest, then you'll see the play-action passes and a more rhythm offense. I think that's the recipe to winning tomorrow is running the ball to give Wilson back to throw. All right, Craig, we really appreciate it. Great stuff, and we can follow him, him at, uh, on Twitter at GBell Seattle. Greg Bell from the Tacoma News Review, giving him uh, some time. So thanks, Greg, for joining us as we discuss Monday Night Football. We will break down the closing line of Sunday Night Football, get into some props as well as we continue the pro football blitz coming your way as we continue here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker now available on vcin.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to vcin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at vcin.com slash NFL. As we return the Pro Football Blitz, I'm Ben Wilson filling in once again for Brady Cannon, our, one of our former Super Contest champs on the show, our other Former champ James Salinas from Denver, Colorado, joins me as uh, we get back to Sunday Night Football. Just give you the the overview here of how this thing closed. So three, James, the closing line is basically market-wide where it closes some with juice and a couple books with juice on the dog. Cleveland Browns total got that up here at the very end, up to 47.5. Did close at 47 in some shops. But those Browns special teams, we start off, missed field goal, 46 yards by Chase McLaughlin on the first drive of the game after Cleveland had driven down into Baltimore territory, 30 Six-yard pass from Mayfield to Landry. And uh, man, those Browns kickers, James, you can just never trust them. I'm, again, I'm, I'm pulling for you because, this, as you talked about earlier, a Browns win gets you to 12-3 and three in quarter three of, of the circuit quarterly contest as part of the million. So, come on, Chase McLaughlin. We, come on. We, don't you know James Salinas? He's got a big ticket riding on this. So, let's, let's, let's turn it around, all right? And whether it's McLaughlin, I don't care what it is. I don't trust any. Is there a kick That's outside a or maybe point. Tucker who's, who's going against me in this game here with, with the Baltimore Ravens? I don't trust any of these kickers. I was almost ready to jump up when Robbie Gould could have sealed the game for the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> earlier. Hooked one to the right and couldn't finish and made that game a little more of a sweat than it needed to be at the end of the game. But, yeah, as far as, you know, sometimes I just look at these kickers and kind of that old adage when we're betting football, kickings for losers. We're, it doesn't mean that we need to go for it on fourth down all the time, but, you know, it's windy here in Baltimore. You don't trust your kicker. Mm-hmm. I don't trust the kicker. I don't know if Coach – I don't think tr- – Coach trusts the kicker. I think Coach was feeling like, all right, Stefanski, we moved the football. We got down in field goal range. Let's get something out of this drive to keep some momentum going, and then it's just the momentum killer when your kicker can't finish. There were some kicking issues, some punting issues, among other large mistakes the teams made today that we are going to get into as we, in our next segment, we'll start with our breakdowns of every game that we saw today on the Week 12 card. By the way, uh, Baltimore with that missed field goal by Cleveland, minus 3.5 on your live line, total about 45.5. But it is time to play our game show segment. We did this yesterday, talking rookie defensive player of the year odds. We can talk uh, today about another different award. As we get to it, consider it, book it, drop it. Here we go.
And today we are looking at Offensive Player of the Year. So James is going to guess who we think uh, these contestants are. And here's number one, 146 carries for 555, 12 touchdowns, who is only on a, a one-year contract as of earlier today, right before the kickoffs of the early games, 20 to 1 to win Offensive Player of the Year. Who are you thinking on this one, James? Uh, do I do I get a parting gift if I don't get this one right? Who is what is uh what, what does our home uh, game he, look he, like? He share he shares a first name with you, uh, James. James Connor. <laughs> I was I wasn't sure was that too much? Was I not was I being too vague there? But you were right. Uh, James Connor <laughs> is our guy from the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm I'm just I'm uh, your right. unofficial conciliary on the show, James. I'm I'm just here to try to you know help you out with the blind resumes are hard. So James Conner on an Arizona team that has had a dinged-up Kyler Murray now for several weeks. They've won two games with Colt McCoy as, as a backup starting quarterback. 20-1. to 1. It's, certainly, uh, it's certainly enough for me to, to say I, I wouldn't drop this. It may be a consider, but given the number of weapons on that team and how impactful DeAndre Hopkins has been, again, he's also missed time uh, this year, James. I don't know that I'd really be racing to, racing to the window to, to buy a ticket and, and uh, book this on James Conner here. No, I mean I just tore up my my off my offensive player of the year ticket on Chase McLaughlin, so that one's gone. So I'm in the market to find somebody for offensive player of the year, but I'm not going to make it James Conner. I think, and he's filled in admirably once once. Uh, uh, oh God, what's the the kid's name that went down that was in front of him? Chase Edwards or Edmonds? Chase Edmonds. Um, yeah. Thinking about Conner though, what happens when Murray and Hopkins finally return, which they probably will? They've been out for such a long time. What is the nature of that? offense look like for the Cardinals once they get back and they're fully healthy. I think we know that it's going to be the Murray and Hopkins show looking to to get back out on the field and make plays. They're going to have healthy legs. They're going to have fresh legs. So as far as James Conner, yeah, I mean, on the contract year, he's putting himself in good position maybe for whether it's Arizona or somewhere else for next year. But I think as far as to even consider it for offensive player of the year. There's so many great, there's so many players that are having sensational seasons deep into the season at this point. I can't consider it. And uh, yeah, I, Chase McLaughlin will set the odds at, uh, I've got it on my sheet here, a million to one. That's my approximate uh, odds sheet there on, on Browns kicker Chase McLaughlin. Let's go to player number two. Because and this is we have a mix here, James. We've got some running backs, we've got some wide receivers. After today's uh, outing, this player has. North of 55 catches. He went over 1,000 receiving, I should say, total yards. Five touchdowns this season as a utility player. Three rushing touchdowns, so eight overall this year. 10-1 to one on the offensive player of the year. So we're thinking utility player. There's there's a, one guy that comes to my mind. I'm not sure if you're thinking the same thing, but uh, what, what, what do you got on this one? Uh, well, I don't know if I can. If, are we th- if we're thinking Debo Samuel, I don't know if I can call him utility player. I think he's just. A, if we're talking Debo, we're talking all around just stud football player. I'm really impressed with you because I I'm like I'm thinking utility. I'm like, well, Cordell Patterson's really the only fair utility guy we can truly call. I think in in the NFL this year. And, and but you were right, Debo Samuel is the guy. And you were on the Niners today. They they hold off a late charge for the Vikings. Another a solid game today. Again, uh, t- you know, ten to one, so odds certainly half the price that we just talked about on, on the Connors side of things. You think about though what he has brought to that San Francisco offense. I'm, it, I think a lot of this though kind of comes down to how you view Jimmy Garoppolo, James, as, as a quarterback. If you see him more as a liability or a guy who is essentially relying on his weapons to kind of do the job for him. Offensive numbers, advanced offensive analytics are very kind to San Francisco and have looked to them as a top five offense, both on the ground and through the air. And, and a big reason has been uh, Debo Samuel. 
So, I mean, I, I guess I can see the argument, although at the same time, don't those odds feel a little short to you based on if you, because I like Samuel too, but I would like to get a little more value out of him if I was actually going to consider playing him at this point. Think about Shanahan and how he's really started to just expand the role for Debo Samuel and getting him into the backfield, rushing the football the way that he does. Another great game today. However, he left the game with a, I think it was a groin injury that he went down in that second half for the game and just completely just crumbled. And he knew it right away. He's like, I'm done for the game. They, he took the shoulder pads off and the party's over. So anytime we're thinking about a groin injury, especially for somebody that runs the way that he does, yeah, he, I, I, Makes it tough to consider now. I think the only way we could consider it, yeah, the number's a little short at 10 to 1. I love what Shanahan's done with Samuel, but I think the only way we consider it is we've got to find out his status, his health status, because a groin injury for somebody that, that runs the football the way that he does and plays with the, the speed and the power that he does needs to be fully healthy. That could be one that's going to shelve him for a bit. Yeah, and that will be something that uh, that bears watching, too, especially with how banged up the San Francisco 49er team has been throughout the season and yet another injury uh, that they suffered today in a win, though, in a third straight win for San Francisco. As we go to player three, again, consider it, book it, drop it. we got to find one we want to book here. And maybe this is the spot for potentially a buy low. It's not really reflected here on our graphic, James, but as you see, this player now leading rusher in the NFL, over 1,200, 14 touchdowns in 12 games, and has now become one of the contending favorites. I think you can guess who we're, we're talking about here. Plus two seventy-five uh, going into today. But uh, James, first, I'll let you. You know, I'll let you guess. Play play the game here. But I'll kind of throw this as, as you as well. What we think about a potential buy low spot on a guy who didn't put up huge numbers today in his team's loss. Well, he didn't put a, we're talking about Jonathan Taylor, obviously, for the Colts leading the league in rushing. He didn't put up the numbers because he didn't get the touches. At one point in that game, it, there there was, I think, somewhere towards the second part, of the, the latter part of the second quarter, into the fourth quarter, the Colts dropped back to pass 27 straight plays. Taylor did not, obviously, didn't have a single touch to run the football. And I think we saw the lead when they had the lead. The Colts didn't. I know they were they were uh, really dropping a lot of folks in the box to stop Jonathan Taylor, but didn't understand the play calling in, in the middle. You know, in the middle of the game for the Colts, and it really cost them. But I, I think we definitely can consider it. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has been sensational when the Colts decide to establish and commit to the running game like they have been for so many weeks leading up to this game against the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm not going to book it because I don't like the fact that they got away from that in the middle of the game and didn't find it again until the fourth quarter. And then now you want to decide to pound the football again. They go down and tie the football game up, rushing the football eight straight times, basically, with with Jonathan Taylor. So I'll consider it, but it's not what I'm going to. Okay. Look, I I think you can make the case. This this game will show Frank Reich and that offense that, hey, we we need to get back to what actually worked. And we're going to discuss this game more a little bit later. This is one I would book because I, I, I have to imagine when this gets re-released uh, next week, you're gonna, you might see a little drop here, and that might be the buy-low spot, at least I would think, for, uh, for Jonathan Taylor. Here's our final one today. A tie for first in touchdowns with 10, leading the league in receiving yards. James, what are we thinking here? Leading the league in receiving yards. Cooper Cup. Boom. You were right. Uh, once again, James, four for four. Uh, you're hey, not even, hey, I know you're not you know, cheating ben, this stuff is, either. And is there anybody that plays with more heart and more toughness than Cooper Cup? You know what? I'll tell you what. His Rams team sure could could bottle some of that up and use that, and try to he should try to bottle it up and sell it to his Rams teammates because no one play with any heart except for Cooper Cup. Uh, yeah, that's definitely one I think we should consider. I, I I mean, I just love the kid's toughness. He's so good. I wouldn't hate I wouldn't hate anybody for also wanting to to look at uh, Cup 
Unfortunately, though, Rams have lost three straight. If they fizzle out, you don't know. How will this Kansas City be affected by that? We continue on the Pro Football Blitz. We'll discuss a couple of games we saw earlier today, including Titans-Patriots. We'll get James's thoughts on that next here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. It would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
The VEASAN Cyber Monday offer is here right now. When you sign up for our $99 mid-season football special, you'll also receive a $20 credit to the VEASAN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, this is a limited-time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at vcin.com slash subscribe as we are back. Ben Wilson with you from downtown Las Vegas at our Circus Sportsbook studio, joined by former Super Contest champion James Salinas. Give him a follow at Rounding Again. Joining us from Denver, Colorado. Quick update here on uh, Sunday Night Football. Man, James, some teams just seem to be snakebitten this year with injuries, and the Cleveland Browns probably lead that list. Jack Conklin, who just returned the top uh, offensive lineman for the Browns, just goes down with an injury, and uh, it looked really bad. Had to be helped off the field. Could not put any weight on his right leg. So he exits Blake Hance in at right tackle, who has filled in at times this year, as it is still a nothing-nothing game. Baltimore punted on its first drive. Cleveland with the ball back. Five and a half to go in the first quarter. But, like, at what, at what point, James, do we just feel like this Cleveland team, they just they cannot avoid the injuries. It's like every week another guy goes down, and it's the second time Conklin's been hurt this year. Uh, well, and especially on the offensive line, you think about on the Wills was out for a while. So was Teller out for a while. I know that Treader at the center position has been nursing a knee injury all season long. And then you think about the running back position, they've really been beat up. I know they're finally healthy. And that was where I was like, all right, this team is finally <laughs> healthy. And I and I'd love teams at this time of the year, Ben, that can't have not only have the ability to run the football, but have the commitment to run the football and we're not seeing that so far in this game. I mean, we've seen three carries out of Nick Chubb, and I think we've seen what five out of eight. We've seen eight passes so far out of Mayfield, and I know they're they're coming up. Those they're dropping safeties down, ready to play the run against the Browns here. But yeah, well, and I guess sometimes in this league, sometimes on third down, sometimes the best recipe sometimes Ben is just to throw it up one on one and let the let the officials do your bidding for you and throw another pass interference flag. I think we. That's, See that's that been, week to week for every team I know. benefits from that flag. Been the be- hey, it's been Carson Wentz's best friend this year. He, he got it a couple times uh, again today. Uh, uh, the live, the, by the way, the live total down to 40 and a half or 41 and a half in some spots. Ravens minus one and a half live. All right, let's get to a couple of the games today. I've, I've been waiting all day to get to James's thoughts on uh, some of these some of these matchups that we saw in Week 12. Let's start with the biggest favorite on the board coming into today, the New England Patriots, who in most of the contests were at minus 6.5. They were bet up as high as minus 7.5 before closing 7. Total closes 43 or 43.5, and, and New England almost covers that total themselves, 36-13. But James, why really, I'm curious your thoughts on this game. It was one of those games that ends up looking like a blowout and a no contest. New England with 20 unanswered points to win its sixth straight game. This really was just a tale of missed opportunities, though, for Tennessee, who made countless mistakes and errors. And at the end of the day, there, there was a compelling case to be made here that Tennessee was the right side getting all those points, but New England with the discipline and just the, the keep-coming-at-you sense of football that they played, that ultimately wins the day today as, as they now could potentially be the number one seed in the AFC if Baltimore loses tonight. Think about the New England side first and the attention to detail. We know, you know where you're going to get that out of Belichick and demands that, that this, that's the culture there with the Patriots for the last two decades. And that spells victory for this team, obviously. And and they don't beat themselves. Four penalties today. Again, one of the, the teams, one of the, uh, another team, one of the few teams that doesn't hurt themselves with the penalty flag. So just having four, no turnovers today. They were able to get 
four turnovers themselves, and really the biggest one. I mean, it was a close game into that third quarter. It was it was a three-point game at halftime. It was a six-point game when Tennessee got the ball, and really Tennessee, to their credit, we know how shorthanded they were yeah. on both sides of the football, offensively, defensively, but really played hard and competed, and then Dante Foreman had a big fumble, and, you know, it, it's, and little things go a long way. Attention to detail we talk about. Dante Foreman busts a big play up the gut, 30 yards. He's running towards the sideline. And he's got the football in the wrong hand. And here comes the Patriots defender trailing on the inside. Ball sitting there right to him. Knocks the football out. They recover it just inside the sideline. And really, you could just start to feel the momentum really slip away. Any kind of and any kind of energy and emotion that was there for the Titans in that first half really slipped away on that fumble because they were they were fighting and competing. But I think, yeah, you could say were the better they were might have been the right side with the points but it's so hard to be able to sustain a high level of play when you're talking about having backups across the board out there having to play and and perform and then it all falls on the shoulders of Ryan Tannehill well he didn't really have to throw the football too much i think that's probably the one takeaway that i'll take uh, that i have from this game uh for the patriots is they got punished at the line of scrimmage they got worked in the run game from tennessee and how shorthanded they were not only with the running backs but also on the offensive line Line beat up 270 yards rushing for the Titans today. I think that's going to be a big concern for Bill Belichick looking going forward. Like, this yeah. is not the recipe that we need to play. We got to be much better on the run defense. Now, big game next week against the Buffalo Bills. However, that's definitely not Buffalo's strength running the football. But I think those are things that, that that'll be concerning for Belichick. But also, those are things that he can correct. He knows his team very well. And maybe they just kind of slept walk through that second half. But turnovers aside, uh, yeah, maybe the better side as far as the number goes with the Titans. But as far as the, the more healthier team, for sure, with the Patriots, and the more disciplined team, not committing penalties, not putting the ball on the ground, that was New England. And you make such a good point, though, when you think about teams who are shorthanded, where your margin of error is just so slim. And you could argue it was slim to none for Tennessee today. Just, just running through this, Randy Bullock misses an extra point when they score a touchdown down 7-6. Misses a field goal down 10-6. It would have, like, had he made both kicks, you're tied 10-10. Tennessee fumbles Dontrell Hilliard, who had a huge game today, fumbles in New England territory at the end of the first half down 13-6, leads to a New England field goal. You mentioned the, the Deontay Foreman fumble in New England territory down uh, 19-13. And then the, really the thing that it, from the spread here that changed everything, fourth and goal at the one, 26-13 early fourth quarter, Ryan Tannehill throws a pick. Basically all she wrote, uh, New England ends up winning this game and rolling. Ryan Tannehill, 11 of 21 for 93 yards, one touchdown, one pick, quarterback rating 60.2, but 39 carries for 270 combined between a former practice quad player, Dontrell Hilliard, and Deontay Foreman uh, at 19 carries for 109. So on the New England side, I, I didn't come away incredibly impressed. I, they were in a money line parlay for me, which was which was nice. So, you know, I'll take the win. That was part of one of my couple wins uh, to today, James. Uh, going forward, though, they're, now they're going to be the number one seed in the AFC again if Baltimore loses tonight. At worst, they'll be the number two seed. And as we take a look at what we might expect to see uh, next week, always fascinating now so late in the year to look at what some of these books hung back in the summer. Uh, the game New England going to uh, Buffalo in the Monday night contest next week Back in the summer at the Westgate, uh, Bills minus seven. I think we're going to have a distinctly different line, James, needless to say, when this thing comes out here in a couple hours. Uh, massive game. And looking at the schedule going forward for the New England Patriots, not only the big game next Monday night at Buffalo, but then they'll finally get their bye week. Their bye week is week 14. 
2019. And they've honestly been – I know their offensive line had a lot of injuries early in the season, but this is also – you gotta you got to escape the injury bug and have some luck go with that too. And I think the Patriots have done a really good job. And sometimes flukish injuries out there, we know that. But uh, pretty healthy throughout most of the season outside of those handful of games when they were down a lot of offensive linemen. Have the bye week, get their mind right, and then they're going to have at they're going to play at Indianapolis, followed by another showdown with the Buffalo Bills. So big three game stretch coming up for the New England Patriots, but sandwich in that bye week, give Bill Belichick more time to prepare not only for this week coming up against the Bills, but also another additional week to prepare for that Indianapolis Colts run game. Patriots are sitting in a pretty good spot right now in that AFC East. No, you're absolutely right. And you saw the other two, uh, and mentioned the Titans, they're on a bye next week. You saw the other two, a couple of those games in the graphic involving the Jets and the Texans, which, James, I only I only regretted having the Jets as a contest play about 78 times today throughout the three hours, but somehow the Jets get it done. I'm not really sure how. There was a, a lot of issues on both sides of the ball as they win 21-14 over Houston, who closed anywhere from 2.5 to 3-point favorites, 44.5 or 45. The total, that goes under all numbers. But first off, the Jets go for 2 in a 14-9 game in the first half to make it 14-11. This really did change, James, on Houston unsportsmanlike conduct on a field goal, allows the Jets to extend a drive. Zach Wilson, touchdown on to make it 18-14. Each kicker misses field goals in the second half, and somehow the Jets end up winning this game. I hope you stayed true to your word and uh, and, and left this to the side on the iPad, because as somebody who had who had to watch it as part of a contest play, man, was that a three-hour sweat. <laughs> Most definitely, I did not. I was on the smallest screen that I have available and keeping an eye on things just with all the games, especially in the morning. We know there's the bulk of the games are in the morning, so it can be challenging that way. But I think for New York, uh, it was just the the... I think it was their running game again. I mean, we just want to dig into the box score here. They committed to running the football. They had 34 carries versus 24 passes for Zach Wilson back under center after missing for a month. But they had 157 yards rushing on 4.6 yards per carry, two of which went into the end zone. That's the difference in the game for the for the Jets. It wasn't just drop back. We got the young quarterback. Let's sling it all over the field again because that's why we got him as that as a high draft choice. We've got to take some pressure off him and find a, establish a running game. And that's kind of that helps when your opponent is the Houston Texans. They're about at the bottom of almost every defensive category. In the Certainly league. does. I will at least be able to tell the grandkids someday that I won a contest play on the 2021 New York Jets games. You, nobody can ever take that away from me. Even though if it was it was a very long three hours, I suffered through there. Uh, on the other side, speaking of the contest, we're going to give you an update on the Circa Millions as well as Circa Survivor. Go through our picks today and where we stand on the other side here on the Pro Football Blitz. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.